Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Um, are you glad to be in church? Wonderful. Thank God for an opportunity to be in church. You may easily not have been in church this morning. You could have been dead, buried, sleeping in your grave. But the Lord had mercy and gave you a chance to see another day. Amen. We are continuing our series on backsliding. Who hasn't got the book yet? Oh, don't feel shy to you. I mean, I'm not a, a policeman. I don't have any. I'm just asking whether you got the book or not. All right. Get a book. It will bless you. Amen. All right. We are looking at uh, symptoms of backsliding. This is the last but one message on this book. Um, so I just want to share very quickly a few things that you must look out for to help you um, in your Christian race. Amen. Amen. You know, um, it is not only um, buildings that are built, let's say, personal houses, banks, and so on that have no lasting value but even church buildings don't have lasting value you know buildings and properties that belong to the church they don't have much lasting value as what uh, the things that we impart spiritually have the lasting value we are, we are looking for. Because um, many, many church buildings, you know, are not used as church buildings after some years. Do you understand? Many great uh, ministries that had huge buildings and properties, after a while, you know, especially when the, 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 the leaders are gone, other groups come along, People don't have the same spirit and attitude. Uh, many of them are not used for the purpose for which they were built. So uh, we need to really see the, the need to invest in spiritual things. Amen. Amen. Because that is what has lasting value. Your body doesn't have any lasting value. You can see that it is getting older and it's changing. Do you understand? And you can see that this thing is wearing out. It's just a matter of time. So I want us to be focused on heavenly things and spiritual things for yourself. The, at the beginning of the service, a pastor was leading us in a prayer and uh, the scripture that he read 
was explaining what God was trying to do. He said that uh, whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate that they would be conformed to his image. God was trying to, God's aim is to make us be a certain way. Amen. He's trying to make us like Jesus. That's what he's trying to do. That's what the Lord is trying to accomplish. Are you understanding? He is not trying to build anything physical. He's not trying to build something, some business. Are you there? Hello? I'm the one preaching. Okay. He's not trying to build anything uh, physical, buildings. Uh, the Apostle Paul built many, I mean, he had many churches in, uh, in uh, uh, what do you call it? Turkey and so on. Today, Turkey is an Islamic nation. I'm sure many of those churches are mosques today or they don't even exist. So you must understand the value of spiritual things. But what Paul wrote and the words that he wrote, the Lord has graciously used his words to minister to the church for 2,000 years. So I'm just trying to show you that God is trying to build something in you. So my, my, my main job uh, in relation to you is Christ Jesus and him crucified. And that's my job with you. Amen. I'm, I'm not trying to make you rich. I, I will not lie to you. God is not trying to make you rich on this earth at all. It's not his aim. He does wish above all things that after your soul has prospered, you should also prosper. There's no doubt about that. But that is not his aim to like make you very wealthy or whatever. I mean, and, and to make us compete with the world. No, no, no. My, my goal, and when you come to church, I, I, don't have, I don't want to deceive you. You know, because the churches are passing out deception that God wants you to be rich. So people come to church with the mind that, you know, God wants to make you a prosperous person. He wants to make you rich and have money and be just like the world. And so we are just happily transferring our worldly ambitions into the church context. Do you understand? And using the church to propagate this kind of thing. God is not against, our church is one of the wealthiest and blessed churches. We are not against wealth at all. But you see, we keep on saying this because, you see, it is the pursuit of heaven and of God that even brings about blessings beyond what you can do. One, one, one time my wife asked me a question this week. She said to me, if your sons want to marry when they are 21 years old or whatever, very young or in school, will you help them? I mean, what will you do? Will you help them? And I said to her, if my sons do what I want them to do and they follow what I want them to do, I will do more for them than they can even ask for. When I said those words, I immediately thought of the Lord. That when you do what he wants you to do, eh, he will do more than you can even think about. I'm telling you. And, and that's what I told my wife. I wasn't thinking about it. I just thought of that. I will do more. I will give them things they don't even know are important. I will give to them more. And what did Jesus say? Wherefore does my father love me? Because I lay down my life that I may take it again. He said, my father which sent me has not left me. Because I always do the things that please him. 
every father will have his heart will be open towards his son. He will give the child because when you are a child, you don't know what's important. You don't even know, you know, that maybe a house is important or inheritance is important. If you're a child, you just think of PlayStation or something stupid, frivolous things. But your father knows what is important more, and you will find out what is important later. And he says to you, I will, uh, I will give them more than. But if they do not, and they rebel, even what I would have given, I will take it from them, and I will give it to another. Oh, yeah. That is why in the Bible, you find the firstborn and the secondborn often are exchanged. Because the firstborns, many of them are rebellious. I don't know whether it's because they are too close to their parents. And they see their parents' weaknesses. And so they become familiar. And they become rebellious. Some of you here are rebellious firstborns. You know yourselves. <laughs> Zigzag. <laughs> but God wants you to have a softened heart. And there is nothing, I'm telling you, you won't even ask for it. You will not even ask for it. He will give you more than you can carry or think about or use. I don't want to boast, but I have more than I can use. I don't want to boast. I don't want to talk like a fool. But what people are struggling for, it is for me to use. I have it. And you may listen to me preach, you may think that this person is against riches or against wealth. I am telling you, this the gospel is not a money gospel. It's Christ and Him crucified. It's heaven. That's what we are aiming for. That is the aim of Christianity. You better accept it and understand it. And do not be deceived when you see somebody using money. It should not minister deception to you. You see... The reason why I'm saying all this is because of the symptom of backsliding that I'm about to share with you, which is having no spiritual ambition. When you don't have a spiritual ambition, it's one of the symptoms of something wrong with you. There is something wrong with you when you don't have a spiritual ambition. You just want to exist in the church, but you have ambitions for money. Ambitions in terms of education, ambitions in marriage, ambitions for having children, ambitions for everything else, but no spiritual ambitions. And Paul said in Philippians 3, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, I press towards the mark. He had a dream and a vision and a goal and something that was driving him. He had a spiritual ambition. Most of us have monetary ambitions. I want to make this amount of money by this time. I want to build this number of houses by this time. I want to do my master's by this time. I want to do my PhD. I want to get married. I want to have two children. I want to have three children. Uh, okay, what do you want to do spiritually? What do you want to do spiritually? And you see, the lack of a spiritual ambition makes you a floating boat without any direction. The wind can take you this way, can take you that way, can take you this way, and can take you that way. And so you can go in any direction because there's no drive and there's nothing that you are heading for spiritually. 
You just exist in the church. You ask them, do you want to be a pastor? Oh, <laughs> no. Do you want to be this? What, what do you want to be in church? How come you walk into a bank and desire, I want to be the bank manager or a bank manager? You walk into a hospital, you don't say to yourself, I would like to be the, 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 the cleaner of the hospital one day. It's my goal. But you say, I want to be the doctor, I want to be a nurse. How come you don't have a vision to be the security man at Barclays Bank one day? You want to be a manager or an accountant or something. But when it comes to the church, you ask, what do you want to do? So, oh, in fact, it doesn't even, doesn't even occur to you. You're just happy to hang around. Who wants to just hang around in the bank? You want to be somebody in the bank. And the reason is because our eyes are glittering with things that are sparkling before us. Our eyes are twinkling. Your eyes begin to sparkle when you see money and cars and the bank managers going in and out and your eyes begin to sparkle. But when you go to a Methodist church and you see the mission house and you see the priest there and so you don't want your child to be a priest. You don't want your child to live in the mission house. You don't want your child to do anything pastoral. And you yourself don't want to be anything like that. No, it's a good message. I don't care what you Look, my job is to do with you spiritually. Try and understand it. A hospital will try to help you physically. Uh, by a politician will try to help the nation and so on. A teacher will try to help you in school. My job has to do with you spiritually. I am a spiritual leader. How come Paul had a, a dream and a vision that I pressed for the mark of the high calling? I'm trying. I'm trying. Let's all read it because you may say you've not read the Bible when you came to church. <laughs> Philippians 3, quickly. Are you there? Verse 13. He said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. God, Paul says, I, I, this one thing, I don't count myself to be okay. Complacency is one of the symptoms of of, of something that is going to fail. I was once listening to a, 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 something on one of the channels, CNN or something, about uh, IBM. You know, IBM used to be one of the top companies, and then it, it collapsed, or it, it didn't do so well. I don't know if it's still doing well or not doing so well. And then the guy was saying, you know, all the ingredients for failure were there. When they look at IBM, they say, he said, all the ingredients for failure were there. And then he started to mention the ingredients for failure. He said, complacency, malaise, um, what else? Bureaucracy and uh, arrogance, pride. You think you're okay? Pride, bureaucracy, arrogance, malaise complacency lethargy you think you're okay those are the ingredients for anything that is going to fail and that's what happens in a large system see when you are around and you feel okay i'm I'm, I'm all right you know i'm okay i'm okay oh glory to god i'm all right you know 
it's a symptom of someone who can backslide. Amen. Amen. The second symptom today is, um, I have 25 of these. You know, I cannot tell you all of them. If you are interested, get the book. I know many of you are not. You are not interested in what I'm even preaching about. Because if you were interested, you would buy the book. How many are interested in what I'm preaching about? Yeah, but I don't think you are interested. You are saying it, but you, I don't think you are interested. By your actions, you, you are not interested. Do you get what I'm saying? And you may say to somebody, oh, I love you and so on, but you, you, don't, you don't do the engagement. You get it? You don't do the engagement. You don't, you don't do anything. Every day, I love you, I love you, I love you. I'll marry you, I'll marry you. You know, but you don't do anything. There's no movement, there's nothing. You get it? There's no date at all. You don't fix a date. You don't say anything. You don't introduce, you don't introduce me to your parents. You, you don't even tell your parents about me. You get it? Like every day, oh, I love you. I mean, you are the only one. And I mean, <laughs> it's a good message and I'm saying it. Okay, the next one is anger at correction. You know, there are some of you sit here and get angry when I preach. Or you get angry when somebody talks to you personally. Bible says, reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. Now let me tell you something. It's not only enough to correct somebody or rebuke them, but you must also rebuke the person's anger when he is angry at correction. So sometimes rebuke and correcting has phase one and phase two. You rebuke the person, you watch the person's response. When the person becomes some way, you now take him on again and point out to the person that your attitude after you have been corrected is also wrong. And it shows that you have not repented. Because when you get irritated, when your father corrects you or somebody corrects you or somebody preaches the word of God, what is in the Bible? It irritates you. You get angry. Then there's something wrong with you. Why don't you want to hear the truth? Why don't you want to hear the truth? Why do you get irritated? Why do you squeeze your face? Why do you get angry? Why, why, why is your attitude like that when you hear something that applies to you? And, and because of that, nobody can talk to you personally. We always have to say it from the pulpit. And in general. And you sort of exclude yourself all the time. Nobody can say, call your name and say, listen, jumping Jonathan, this is what I want to tell you. We have to say from the pulpit generally. One day I went to preach in a water hall and I said, look, we've been doing dumb broadcasts every day. They don't listen to us. So let's, let's, be, let's zero in. Let's zero in. You get what I'm saying? So we decided, look, we're going to call out their room numbers. We preach to them personally instead of standing in the yard and saying, we came to tell you, Volta Hall, this morning, God wants to save you. God wants to bless your life. It's time for you to repent. What are you going to do today? It's whatever. No. Instead of preaching Volta Hall, we said we just take them one by one room. So we started E3, E4, E5, E6. And we called out that name and said, E6, listen to it. Outside the window, we just stood. Here, is, here the window is here. We spoke to the window. We spoke inside. You are inside the room. You can hear what I'm saying. God is calling you to repent. Over oh, there, we moved to E7. Then we preached. Maybe your boyfriend is there and the boyfriend was there. You see, but if it had been a general message, you get it, they wouldn't have uh, listened to us or they wouldn't have even minded us. 
how they became angry they were so angry some of them were so angry they were so annoyed although somebody came down one, one person even came down running to when we mentioned her room number I said, e, what block is it on the two sides is it e? L, K, and L. K, 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 sorry K and L when I said K1, K2, I think K25 or K19 or something when we mentioned K19 she jumped out of her room and came down I want to give my life to Jesus Christ but others were so angry with us and they, they were so angry they complained to the christian community and the christian community published a notice and put a notice on the notice board dissociating themselves from us who came to do that don't broadcast blessed are you when all men shall persecute you and cast out your name as evil are you listening so don't get angry when somebody speaks to you and always you must ask your pastor you know or your, or your leader whoever you have there uh, uh, tell me the truth you know is there something you don't tell me what is your father thinking that he's not saying the prodigal son went out his father never told him he was a fool or he was lost or his money was finished but he told the servants he said this my son was lost but when he saw this oh happy get a ring get a robe and so on then his son his other boy came and the boy was angry he said no no all i have is for you don't have anything you see but the boy himself he never told him to his face you are you don't have anything he just was happy gave him a robe and so on. the boy goes oh no, no relax all these things we are it's for you the boy is penniless he's broke he's used his inheritor he's not at your mercy even the prodigal son was lucky that he came home before his father died because if he had come a bit later when the father was dead to come and meet the older brother ah, it would not have been easy a brother would have told him look you eh you don't know the trouble you cause in this house the heartbreak you cause our father to die get out of this house when you left a few months later he died out of heartache and heart pain because of the sorrows and, and difficulty that you caused him he was always crying here because of you will you get out of the house before go back to your pigs I'll call the dogs right now. <laughs> All right. The next symptom is not paying tithes. The next symptom is not paying tithes. You know, the Bible says, well, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You want us to read it or you know it? You've heard it before. Is that not so? For where your treasure is, your heart will also be there now it is important for you to know that wherever your treasure goes right your heart follows your heart follows your treasure for instance you know right now we have two missions in the caribbean do you see trinidad and jamaica and we are just about to open two other missions in um, in the Caribbean, in Barbados and Guyana, which is on the South American continent. We are sending people from here in Accra because we are reaching out. We are missions-oriented church. God should forgive us if we are doing something wrong, but that's what we are doing. Now, I have never noticed the hurricanes that come to america every year 
Never. I mean, it doesn't concern. When I see them, when I see the hurricanes passing, I see weather report, they say, hurricane something is doing something, hurricane something, Charlie hurricane, Susan hurricane, different types of hurricane. I just look and I say, oh, these Americans, they have a lot of problems. But you know, the hurricanes start from Africa. They build up and then they go there. So some people believe that it's a punishment, you know, from the African because of the slaves and so on. The hurricanes are coming to catch them. So, but this time, do you understand? Because we have people there. Treasure. My heart is there. My interest is there. I have somebody there. When the hurricane came to Jamaica, Kingston, it passed through. So sometimes the hurricane is going somewhere, but it's passing other places. I said, bye-bye. We will come for a real visit. I was concerned. And lo and behold, in Jamaica, Pastor David and Yemish, they were there. The hurricane came and blew off their roof. They were in the house and the whole roof was taken off. And fortunately, there was one room in the house which has a concrete roof. So they moved into, he said that the house became a swimming pool with no roof. And they were in the hurricane. So later I sent them a congratulation that when they see Paul in heaven, they can also join when Paul is saying, I've been in a shipwreck three times. I've been in the deep at night and a day. I've been beaten by rods five times. I've been beaten by the Jews three times. Then he can also say, I've been in the hurricane once. <laughs> Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> and survived. Amen. What have you been through? What have you survived? Are you listening to me? Yeah. Pastor Robert was also in Trinidad when the hurricane was passing by. He said, everybody said, there's no matches in the town. There's no light. There's no battery. Nothing. Everybody had barricaded his house in. Because and it's not a soul is moving anywhere. Everybody's waiting for that. I've never thought about hurricanes. They said, there's another one going to pass through Bahamas and so on and so forth so as soon as your treasure is somewhere your interest goes there ladies and gentlemen when you love god you will put your treasure in his house and your heart will be in the house in which you have invested because your 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 treasure is in the house but if your treasure is in a stock exchange or Ghana Commercial Bank or NPP or NBC, when they are losing, you see, for me, I don't care who wins or who loses. But I don't have any investment in either of them. It doesn't matter to me at all who wins or who loses. Whoever comes will pray for you. After all, neither of them seem to care for us. When NBC was here, they came and broke our wall. NPP came, they have not come to repair. A lot of them have come to pass by. So nobody cares for us. Jesus cares for us. Lift your hand and give the Lord a shout of praise. I'm preaching a very good message this morning. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, where your treasure is, your heart is there. My heart is not in NBC. My heart is not in MPP. I have no stakes there. My stakes are in God and his, in his kingdom. When I see something happening in the Witness Chapel, it affects me because my heart is in the kingdom of God. 
and my heart concerns with pastors and churches and all that is going on. It concerns me. And I am concerned about it. If anything happens to any man of God, it concerns me. Whether good or whether bad. Because my treasure is the kingdom of God. God is my treasure and his work is my treasure. That is where my investment and my heart and my life is. I pulled my wife out of attorney general. I pulled her out of private practice. I brought her into the ministry. I pulled all my friends and anybody that I can get in or anybody that's valuable who wants to do it. I pulled them in. That's where my treasure is. I encourage anybody to go to the highest treasure where the kingdom of God is. Because that's my treasure. That's what's most valuable. If you, something is valuable, you will like anybody who is valuable to be in it. When a person stops paying tithes, it's a symptom that the person is backslide. Or doesn't pay tithes, you can see that his heart is not with God. So help me God, you see people who call themselves Christians. They don't pay tithes, but they pay money to NPP and to NDC. Hypocrites! You claim to be a Christian, you are supporting a political party. Instead of supporting the house of God. Then you sit there and join unbelievers to criticize the church. May God have mercy on your soul. I said, may God have mercy on your soul. If you have a soul. You wouldn't support the house of God, but you support everything else. You support a soccer team, house of folk, cut call, and other things. But you wouldn't support the house of God. All students, all boys, association, you see them proudly donating, writing their names. For the, for, the, for, for the praise of men. But you wouldn't want to give to the house of God. Rather you turn around and lambast all of us. And just criticize us. And sit in your house on Sunday morning and afternoon. And speak negatively about pastors and about churches. But you wouldn't want to support the, the church of God. And you call yourself a Christian too. And when you die you want them to bury you honorably in the church. Who gives you life? Who will give you long life? Who blesses you? Who will give you health? Who will give you life? It's Jesus. And yet to him, you have nothing to offer. Your treasures are directed to men, liars and thieves, and people who say words which they don't mean. People who promise things they can never accomplish. Those are the people you trust and give your work to. You would like your child to be a politician, but you would not like him to be a priest or a pastor. May God have mercy on your soul. Turn to Haggai chapter 2. Look, my concern with you is spiritual, so don't worry. When you come to church, expect to hear spiritual things. I want to share with you about what I call a bag with holes. Then came Haggai chapter, chapter 1. Haggai. You can find it on page 914. Oh, 814. All right. Haggai chapter 1. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have so much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. Are you with me? I'm on verse 6 of Haggai chapter 1. 
You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. That saith the Lord, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it and be glorified, saith the Lord. You look for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. God saw you going to gather much. When you brought it and you put it down, then as soon as you put it down, and God said, and it flew away. Siniazo, you cannot control it. You look for much and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is waste, and you run every man to his own house. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruits. I cause for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of their hands. I call for the drought. Listen to me. Let, let me tell you something. In my experience, eh, it's not the amount of money that you earn that makes you blessed. He said you went to sow, but you brought little. You gathered and you put it into a bag with holes. What is this bag with holes? Many of us have got bags with holes. You see, in the United Kingdom, I remember in, in London, because I, I go there, I've been there quite a bit. I noticed how they, their supermarket, their large supermarkets, you know, their greatest investment was in security. Because people steal so much. You know, even in our bookshop, when people, a lot of people enter the bookshop, the bookshop attendants are very jittery. Because people just steal. They steal Bibles, they steal books, they steal whatever. So we have people watching all the time. Sometimes you catch them. You know, you just have a lot of people coming in. And these are Christians. So, you know, almost every business that you do, you may think you are making profit, but one person may, may steal. And that bookshop is not a business, a business by the way. You know, sometimes we need to say that that bookshop is not, it's not even a limited liability company. It makes no profit. It runs at a loss so that we can provide books for all of us. It runs at a loss. You are, when the people come from abroad, America and England, they come and buy a lot of Bibles and things because they can't believe the price. It's far cheaper. You ask them, how are we able to do it? It's not a business. It's not a company. All right? And also myself, I don't earn money from writing books. That's also another thing. You get it? So take that. Somebody needs to know that. You get it? All right. Ask the person next to you, are you the one who seems to need to know such information? Have such information? Are you the some way person in the church who is here on investigations? All right. Now, listen. Many times we, are, we waste. I'm going to list the holes to you. A bag with holes. What are the holes of life? Number one is stealing. You know, you can go and work and somebody will come and steal your video, your this, your DVD, your everything, and it's gone. I blew upon it. It's gone. Another hole, you see, people don't know the benefits of paying tithes. God is the one who can close up certain holes. 
sickness. When Catherine Kuhlman, when many people died in Catherine Kuhlman's ministry, they would write there, I leave all my property to Catherine Kuhlman. Diamonds, jewels, gold, all sorts of things. And people began to criticize her. And you know what the people said? They said, I would have spent all on hospital bills. I would have died in the hospital and I would have spent all. You see, there is a way God can, you, you can be sick and you, you see, before you die, you will be owing, 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 owing. And by the time you die, if even you have a house, the house, how, how they'll, they'll sell the house when you die to pay your hospital bills. It's a common thing. He said you gather and you put it in a bag with oil. That's why people work, work, work. You see, they don't have any. I mean, if it were so that people were to have so much. I remember when I used to go to America in the earlier years. You know, we had doctors from Ghana who go and work there. And they said, oh, when we'll be doing fundraising, can you help and so on? They said, you know, we are, we are intense. I'm not intense. We are registrars or something. So, you know, we are doing our program and we don't earn much. You get it? We don't earn much. That's what they used to say. All of them said that. Oh, so we earn what? $1,800. Nothing. We, just, we are just struggling. In America, we have to pay rent, this, this family, whatever. We have nothing. We are struggling. When we finish, now you have them, they finish. Some of them, two specialists. And you see a surgeon and a this, a gynecologist and that, and a pediatrician and a physician. So two of them in one house. Still, I will be standing in the same chair, raising for, to get $1,000. Sometimes I can get it easier in Accra than over there it's a mysterious thing and sometimes you'll find out that people you get it we are earning a lot you look for much you look for much but if god doesn't sow that hole you will gather the much, but the hole it will pass out sickness will take it away accident can also take it away one brother told me, he said, I, I used to not pay tithes. He, he, said, he said to me, thank you for preaching, using my example to preach when I preach about it. He said, thank you. He was a taxi driver in Europe. He said, oh, my time is up. Huh. He said, look, I went to park my car somewhere. When I was parking the car, my car hit the neighbor. So he said, I wrote my number because the... You know, you have to write your number and give it to them so that they can call. He said one of the number, one of the like, in the number is oh two three three four four six four eight. One of them was wrong, so the people tried to call. They couldn't get him, so they said it's now hit and run. So they came for. Eventually, they found him. They got him. They said hit and run to pay for the man's car, to pay for his car, to pay for police. And so by the time he finished, he has spent about sixteen thousand dollars. He said to me, all these following whatever, he said, in one moment like that, it's gone. Finish. Finish. He said, you gather much and you put it in a bag. You pause. You gather much and I think blow upon it. Because the house of God lies waste. And he said, you all run to your own houses. Oh, you don't like my message, eh? Oh. Preaching my good message, I tell you. I don't want to hear the word of God. One diagnosis, you see that you are somewhere. Paying all the money you wouldn't give to God. You don't want to spend it on the house of God. You spend it on funerals. You see people spending all sorts of money on funerals. One man, he was on a board in a church, and they said to him, Listen, we want to expand the church. 
And the people said, no, you are stretching the church too much. These projects are too many. You are tired. The, tired. the church is tired from the last project. And we, we cannot extend and expand now. You are wearing out the church. The pastor was forced to abandon because these boards, sometimes they are powerful. So he abandoned the church. One day, he built a beautiful house on a hill in America. This, I'm telling you what the man himself said. He said, I built a beautiful house on a hill. And just before we moved in, I was taking my family there to go and have a look at our beautiful house that we built. He said, as they were going, they saw an ice cream van. Oh, they were selling ice cream. And his two little daughters said, Daddy, Daddy, can we have some ice cream, Daddy? And you see, Daddy, Daddy loves his daughters. Daddy loves his girl. So he said, of course you can have some. So he pulled to the side. I'm not telling you what the pastor said. I'm telling you what the man said himself. He pulled to the side and he said, careful now as you cross the road. Careful. Okay. Okay, daddy. Okay, daddy. So they ran across the road. Ladies and gentlemen, so help me God. He said that as they were going across the road, a 16-wheeler articulator truck came from nowhere. And took his two children. I'm not telling you what the pastors. I'm telling you what the man, the man whose children were killed. They took his two children, and he got out of the car, screaming, picking up a leg, picking up a piece of cloth that meets of his daughters. And he said, as I ran on that road, I heard the voice of God. And God said, You wouldn't build me a house, but you build yourself a house. You build yourself a house up there on the hill. You wouldn't build me a house. He said, Now go on to your house. And he went picking up the pieces of his children. I'm not telling you the story of how the pastor preached. I'm telling you what the man said. You gather much, but you take little. You, you look for much and God will both. Why? I read it to you. That's what the prophet said. Because you all go your way to your own houses. Opportunities will come by you foolishness will be in your mind you will never take the opportunity because god will not release to you the wisdom the other day god told me something he told me as a church that we should give something to someone after we gave the thing to the person suddenly the lord gave me some wisdom suddenly what i needed was answered things that we needed not by money or by even buying anything but just by wisdom the thing suddenly became available i was amazed and the Lord told me, it's, it's part of the blessings that come from giving. Giving releases blessings that you cannot count, you cannot know. Because in real life, it's not just what you earn. If it was just what you earn, every Ghanaian abroad should be rich. But why is it that they cannot come to Ghana until somebody dies? Why don't they come and visit their parents until there's a funeral? Why don't they come on holidays? Where are they? How many years has it been? Seven years, eight years. Why can't they send you $20 to their mother? Because you gather much and you blow on it. You go and seek for a lot and turns it to nothing. Let's serve God, church. Let's serve God. Let's put God first. Let's build his house first. Let's pay our tithes. Let's support his work. Let's do his will. That's what God has called us to do. My time is up. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. All right.
Lift your hands to the Lord. Just want to ask the Lord, Lord, I, I don't want to backslide. I don't want to put money or anything else before you. I want to serve you. I want to do your will. I want to do your will, Lord. I want to live for you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your blessing. Speak to the Lord in a moment as we close this service. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. Oh God, how we love to serve you. We want to, we want to put you first. We want to put you first, Lord. Save us from foolishness, Lord. Give us wisdom, Lord. Save us from wasting the things that are given to us. Close up the bag filled with holes and all the issues that take away everything we have earned and we have worked for. We thank you for your blessing upon our life to live long, to serve you, to be wise, oh God, and to put you first. We pray. We thank you. We honor you, oh God. We love you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I don't know Jesus as my Savior and I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God. If you are here like that, I want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. Give my, I want to give my life to Jesus. Lift up your right hand up not right now. Just lift up your right hand. Just your right hand. You want to be born again. I want to pray with you before I, I take my seat. Lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. I want to pray with you before we close this. Up. If you've lifted your hand, you want to give your life to God, you want to be born again, and you've lifted your hand, come to me in front here. Just walk from the back and come right to where I am. I'm going to pray with you right now. God bless you. God bless you. Come from wherever you are. Come all the way to the front here. <clears throat> I want to pray with you. God bless you. All right. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Say this prayer with me. Close your eyes. Say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I am a sinner, but I receive Christ as my master and my savior. From today, I will serve you. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. You are mine and I am yours. Right now, I take a decision to serve Jesus, to follow God. Heavenly Father, please write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.